us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development across our state. Hosted by me, Jeff Rent, and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. Dr. Nashley Cephas is part of the Amazon AI team focusing on fairness in AI. Dr. Cephas formally led the Amazon Visual Search and AR team, which launched PartFinder. That's a visual search tool for replacement parts on the Amazon shopping app in 2018. Now, previously, her team was acquired from Atlanta-based startup PartPick, where she served as the company's CTO. Dr. Cephas received her PhD from the School of Electrical and Computer Engineering at the Georgia Institute of Technology in 2014, and she received her Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering from Mississippi State University in 2007. Dr. Cephas is a proud native of Jackson, Mississippi, where she founded the nonprofit The Bean Path to provide individuals access to technology, expertise, and guidance. Please welcome Dr. Nashley Cephas to Mississippi Prospects. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So I've had the chance to hear you speak on several occasions and I have shared your sort of your origin story, uh, how we ended up in this position talking about technology and how you've become an influencer. But I'd like to start back at the beginning because you have a very inspiring story uh, that I think is not inspiring just to the tech community, but also to, you know, every young girl, every young boy everybody who thinks they don't have a chance to have a career in technology and the things you've accomplished at such a young age, pretty amazing. So you're from Jackson, Mississippi. Let's start there. You went to high school in Jackson. Yeah, I went to uh, Murrah High School, uh, class of 03 grad there. Um, I was in Power APAC. uh, So I played the piano. That was my my major, uh, quote unquote. And uh, I was in several several different extracurricular things. I volunteered at the uh, the hospital university right across the street. Um, also was in like concert band, played tennis, uh, did several uh, summer camps during school. Like my mom always had us in a different summer camp. Uh, wanted to make sure we were well-rounded and everything. So uh, that's, that's kind of how I grew up. When did you latch on to technology? I mean, how important was that to your development as a child, because you obviously also have a passion for the arts. And some people think those two things don't go together, but really your creativity is also part of your tech background. Yeah. So I, I always say I was a Lego girl growing up had, um, you know, uh, I mean, and coding really, you know, coding, tech, STEM, science is, is very much an art form. Um, because you're you're trying to do things that have never been done before. You're discovering and exploring and you're trying to create something and building. And that takes an imagination. You know, sometimes to create something new, you got to think outside the box. You got to do something that's never been done before. Uh, I remember going to uh, a, a summer camp for girls for engineering at uh, Mississippi State, which I actually ended up going there for undergrad in computer engineering. Um, but I remember during that camp, it was like right before my ninth grade year. Uh, and I've done, you know, science and math camps. I definitely knew I was going to do something in that area. But that was the first time I was really introduced to what engineering and computer science really was. And uh, it, it literally just changed my world. Uh, I was so fascinated with, you know, you type in these letters and numbers in the computer and it controls just about anything. And I had no idea this is where the world would be moving. And I just thought it was cool. Um, So that's kind of how I got into it. So then you end up in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're going to school there, getting your Ph.D. at Georgia Tech. And was it your roommate that had a problem with 
parts. Tell me the origin then of part pick. Yeah. So uh, it was I was I was in Georgia Tech at uh, grad school, computer engineering. I think it was about my third or fourth year there. And I uh, heard about a young lady who needed some help with uh, an idea. She was uh, her name was Jewel Burks, um, Jewel Burks Solomon. Now um, she had an idea. She was working at a parts company and customer service and she wasn't, you know, didn't really have a technical background, but she, she knew people were calling in asking for parts. Hey, I need this thing in my Bob is about the size of my hand It's black. You know, can you help me find this part? And so of course not. Uh, and so, uh, she said, well, why don't you just take a picture and send it to me? And so that's kind of where the idea came from. She said, well, if we can just get the picture and, and, you know, automatically recognize whatever the part is in the picture. Like that would save us so much time and money um, and heartache, you know, a lot of angry customers. And so uh, that's when she said, Hey, let's build this thing. And so um, she, we were introduced by some mutual friends and I was able to build uh, that first, one of the first prototypes for her. Um, she later took that and raised uh, $1.5 million with it. Now, by this time I had graduated from Georgia tech, uh, had a consultant job in New York city. Uh, wasn't too keen on the 20 inches of snow in the summer. <laughs> uh, so uh, she gave me the call and said, hey, we, we raised this money and I need you to come back. We need a CTO full time. And uh, I was I was so happy to get that call, you know, very kind of just um, naively getting into this. But I, I was led by my heart. My intuition said this is where I need to be. Um, so I put in my two weeks notice. Uh, it was funny because my, my boss at the time was like, you know, he's laughing like, oh, you're going to leave your, your good paying job to go back, you know, and be like a, a CTO a startup. You don't even know they're going to have money in the next six months. And I was like, yeah. And he, and he laughs like, hope you hope you get rich. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and I was like, uh, this is inappropriate, but <laughs> uh, OK. Yeah, I hope I get rich, too. Bye. And so uh, but sure enough, you know, we, we, we hit it big. And so um, I was just trying to help. So then you've got part pick and this little company comes knocking on your door and is interested in learning more about it. Who was that? So this was Amazon. Um, Amazon was was definitely like I never woke up one day and said, hey, I want to work for Amazon. You know, it just sort of happened. Uh, I was at a conference. Uh, it was in Boston of May. Uh, May of 2016, and I was presenting about the technology. I really didn't even want to present. We talked about, I'm an introvert, you know, like, uh, got to get this over with, but I did it. And uh, as soon as I came off the stage, uh, the guy from Amazon approached me. And he said, hey, we're really interested in what you were talking about. Like, we, we're trying to do something similar. Maybe we can work together. And so um, one thing led to another, due diligence. Uh, and then we sold the company to Amazon. Uh, we joined Amazon, our entire team, uh, mostly entire teams, about 10 of us um, in November, October, November of 2016. Um, and so uh, I've been at Amazon ever since and uh, never, never looked back. We, we've done a lot of things there. Um, for example, the, the parts technology that we worked on, uh, we launched it in June of 2018. It was called Part Finder. Uh, there were several articles that came out about it. Um, say, say since did a reorg and, and shut that part of the app down, but our technology is still in the camera search feature um, in the Amazon shopping app. So if you ever use that, uh, I always say I use it way too much. I, I don't know who's <laughs> getting more money from who, actually, because I got Amazon boxes at my house right now. But, um, you know, it's it is really cool to say that, hey, yeah, I created that and everybody is able to touch it. And I can say confidently that, you know, millions, hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people use that function and started 
with an idea. You had a problem to solve and you got to use your creativity to do that. So, you know, I've had a chance to chat with you on a few occasions and you are so passionate about also building the next generation of uh, people in tech. And you said it really starts with the tech ecosystem. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah. So uh, the tech ecosystem, and this is something that, you know, I, I barely knew what this was prior to having been at a startup, having been at a large company like Amazon, especially being based in uh, different areas like New York, Silicon Valley, now in Atlanta, which is its tech ecosystem has taken off like in the past five to 10 years. Um, and so what, what I'm looking at when I say tech ecosystem, uh, you have to have all the components in order for everyone to be successful. Um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Um, that includes you need the tech talent. You need the founders, people who are coming up with the new ideas and the, and the visionaries. Um, you also need uh, the funding, the investors to um, fund these projects and provide seed money. Uh, and for those to invest longer term as well. Um, you also need, you know, the partnerships with uh, the schools, the universities, the government institutions, um, policy has to be there. Uh, we just talked about some areas not having internet um, still, you know, that that is an issue. Um, we want to make sure that uh, we're building that next generation, that pipeline as well. So it starts with that K through 12. Um, and so all those components come together in order to create uh, what we call this tech ecosystem, a thriving tech ecosystem. And what amazes me the most is that you have put your money where your mouth is uh, because uh, you have invested heavily in downtown Jackson, Mississippi, uh, to create a tech district to help build these components. Let's talk about that because that's an amazing uh, project, incredibly ambitious. You've probably been told it can't be done more times than you've told it can. But every day I see progress or each time I talk to you, I see progress on this. Let's talk about how what that is, where it is and what the goals are. Oh, absolutely. So I, I wanted to uh, take what we were doing with uh, some my nonprofit, The Bean Pad. Uh, we, I started it back in 2018 to provide this tech help to people, um, whether it was I need help with my computer or I'm a tech founder, entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know where to start. Like, what sort of software infrastructure do I need? How do I hire tech talent? What is a technical roadmap? Uh, you know, we provide that technical guidance and expertise. We do youth uh, coding programs and workshops, hackathons, entrepreneurship programs, uh, and we give away grants and scholarships. We've given away, uh, I think, over at least $6,000 or so uh, since we've been in operation two and a half to three years. And so we started working out the local libraries and I wanted to scale that work even more. Um, so then I started looking for real estate and I said, well, maybe, uh, you know, we could find somewhere downtown. It's kind of central. Um, and it's the capital city. Let's let's make this something that we've seen happen in Atlanta and, and even as close as Memphis and, and New Orleans. And I want to make sure that Jackson is not being left behind. And so I started looking and I found this this old 17,000 square foot barn uh, on Gallatin Street. Uh, if you're familiar with that area, it's, it's right around the corner from uh, the King Edward Hotel, the old King Edward Hotel and the Iron Horse Grill um, located between the, the Central Business District and, and Jackson State University on the, on the west side of Jackson. And so um, I was uh, fortunate enough that the same guy actually owned everything around it. And uh, it was it ended up being 12 acres. We added an additional two acres. We purchased from another uh, uh, owner and it's now consecutive uh, along North Gallatin Street from Amit Street all the way down to uh, where the train overpass is near uh, Shreveport. 
Short Street. And so uh, we are, I now have eight uh, buildings. We're tearing down two. We're renovating the remaining six and we're building an additional five new construction buildings. Um, it is is a live work play area. It'll be over 700,000 square feet once we're all done with all three phases. Um, it's a total $150 million project, um, but the first uh, phase is about $25 million or so. Um, and this will give not only the bean path a place to thrive and expand expand and scale what it's doing, but to invite a lot of other players around the state to kind of join us in this, you know, building this tech ecosystem. Um, and, and of course, you got to bring the people out, you know, make it fun uh, with restaurants and events, venues, festivals, concerts, uh, you know, grocery stores. It's in a food desert. So we want to make sure we provide that um, healthy, good, healthy food, um, restaurants. And then, uh, of course, just, you know, a lot of things can happen once you have a space and you have partners that are willing to work with you. Got to ask the question, Mm -hmm. why? Why do we need this there? Absolutely. So why not? <laughs> I, I get the question all the time. Like, why Why are you doing this in Mississippi again? You know, uh, first of all, why aren't you like buying a yacht and like just going in, in, on an island and having a, a beach house? You know, which, hey, one day, you know, maybe maybe I will. You know, we'll see. But uh, right now this is, you know, I have a passion for this. I want to see it done. I want to see it uh, done right. And, and I feel like my expertise being a, a successful, uh, you know, tech expert uh, that's been through different facets of, of technology uh, and STEM uh, from academia to corporate to startup, now nonprofit space. Um, that's my expertise that I can sow back into the community. Um, this is my hometown. Uh, and I feel like if everybody leaves, you know, with, with the brain drain, which I'll be honest, that's I love to 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 get the opportunities that I have. But it shouldn't have to be that way. I don't, I don't believe. It has to be that way. And I want to come back and provide those opportunities for other people to be able to stay in the state. Um, And this is just the beginning. It's it's a catalyst for a lot of other things to come. You know, and that's really the basics of economic development is creating economic opportunity. You know, it's also the creation and reinvestment of wealth. Um, And you're doing all these things that are traditionally we consider economic development. It's also community development and you're developing talent through the bean path. And one of the first times I heard you speak, uh, your passion, especially being a young African-American woman in STEM, in tech, is you said you didn't see a lot of people who looked like you. And you're trying to change that script now through programs at the bean path. Let's talk about the nonprofit uh, side a little bit. Uh, you're also a gardener. So I'm seeing a theme oh, yeah. here because you're big on planting <laughs> seeds, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so the word, uh, the name bean path, uh, bean is, is actually a computer programming term, uh, used in, in Java, but, um, a lot of people think of being as a seed that grows into something. Um, you know, you have vines, you know, I am a gardener. Usually you have a vine on, on a bean or a seed uh, or peas um, and, it, and it follows that path and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we want to help people find their way with technology. Uh, we want technology to be tools for people. And I think what's important about you know, doing it, starting in a place like Jackson, like Mississippi, uh, you know, you have a majority, uh, Jackson's majority uh, black city. You also have um, a lot of people under the poverty line in, in Mississippi, unfortunately. Um, I often say that 
when I'm in rooms, uh, you know, in corporate America and in, in tech rooms and STEM, sometimes I'm the only uh, black person. I'm the only female. Sometimes I'm the only person born in the United States. Um, and, and definitely sometimes the only person from the South and the Southeast. And so what that translates into when you think about technology, especially AI uh, and artificial intelligence, is that, you know, we have to make sure we're developing products and, and innovating for, uh, you know, inclusion and making sure we're including uh, people with Southern accents, making sure that, you know, Alexa works for us too, you know, and understanding, <laughs> you know, how face uh, recognition works and are we putting people at harm by using that technology? You know, um, these are very important topics. Uh, this is actually my, my area of expertise, uh, even, you know, at Amazon and working with uh, other partners and other stakeholders, including government, policymakers, Congress. Uh, it is something that is definitely not going away. We're just scratching the surface, um, but it ties it all back into, uh, you know, the path and and where we're trying to at least start somewhere and say, hey, why not, Jackson? This is a great place. Uh, Mississippi is, is such a huge melting pot. Um, you know, we have everything we need down here. Um, we just got to work together. I came here 20 years ago, never left. So don't plan on going anywhere else. Uh, was able to put down roots here, I guess, to stick with our theme of uh, growing things. Um, you just mentioned something and to go a little off the bean path right now, but, uh, your work in AI and bias in technology, uh, which is not something I'd really thought about, but when you, you brought it home with that great example of, uh, voice recognition, like Alexa, uh, has trouble understanding people with certain dialects or accents. I've got a friend, uh, she's from George County and she just, she would always say that, uh, her phone's broken, doesn't understand her, <laughs> yeah. but that's actually a bias. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what does it mean in other technologies though? Uh, facial recognition, you said there are so many areas that I didn't realize that it existed. I'd never really spend any time thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, we call that natural language processing. So NLP, uh, anytime you're doing voice recognition, speech, speech recognition, speaker recognition, even um, uh, there's also applications uh, in, in computer, we call computer vision. So recognizing things uh, in images and in video um, like faces or identifying uh, whether this person, uh, whether their eyes were open, whether their eyes were closed, you know, um, at the airport, a lot of times if you ever traveled internationally, uh, sometimes you have to put your passport in a machine and you look into the machine and it tries to see, do you match your passport picture? Um, if we haven't tested that type of technology on all different types of backgrounds ethnicities, nationalities, uh, then we're going to have problems. Um, you're going to get held up. You might miss your flight. You know, you know we, we definitely don't want that. And so uh, it, it comes to, you know, making sure that we have a diverse set of perspectives when it comes to tech teams and developing this technology. Um, and that's something that a lot of the larger industries are now uh, diving heavily into. Um, but it's something that the local companies and startups can also dive into as well. It's something to think about at the really at the conception stage. It shouldn't be like an afterthought. Um, and so uh, other technologies include uh, financial uh, institutions awarding uh, bank loans even yes. um, when it comes to using these artificial intelligence, AI or machine learning models. You know, uh, are they making sure that these algorithms are not biased um, when awarding business loans? Should it be based on your, your track record or your merit or should it be based on what people have done historically who look like you, which is not always fair either. And so uh, these are some of the things that, you know, we look into and, and are definitely big concerns. And a lot of people look at uh, large technology companies and, and they think they're soulless sometimes. It's yeah. sometimes fair, sometimes 
very unfair. Uh, it sounds like you're you're trying to put a little bit of the soul back into uh, technology to make it accessible and fair uh, and that everybody's yeah. got the same shot. Yeah. A lot of times people think, oh, they're they're a big company. You know, I'm sure they got this all figured out and they thought about these things. Oh, that is not the case. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have to spend just as much time uh, delving into these uh, details, even the small details um, as anybody. Um, and it's not something that you know, we get a pass for. It's not something that you know, we um, and we definitely understand the challenge and it's going to take, you know, teams going to take more money. It's going to take reaching out to focus groups, um, getting diverse perspectives or hiring that diverse talent on our teams. Um, so that's it, it. It encompasses a lot of things. So you had some takeaways that you wanted people who you spoke today at the um, MEDC summer conference, 2021 summer conference here at the Beau Rivage Hotel. And you had some takeaways that you wanted people to leave with. You also gave them a homework assignment too. I did. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, um, the homework assignment was, you know, the only, the only way we're going to get this done is to work together. Um, you know, there's a lot of competition, which, you know, like they, we talked about, um, you know, that's okay sometimes, but, but we also need collaboration. Uh, it's something that Ryan Miller with Accelerate Mississippi was also mentioning as well. And I think that, uh, my, my homework was to find someone you haven't talked to and build a strategic partnership, at least one strategic partnership before you leave this conference. Um, so that's somebody that has something that you need and you have something that they need. And that way you're working together. Uh, you're leveraging uh, the resources of each other and you're moving a lot faster than you would have by yourself. Um, and that's really what it's going to take the whole state coming together uh, from from north to south, Delta to the uh, northeast Mississippi, Jackson, central Mississippi, the coast, all these areas. Um, this is what it's going to take. Um, and my my takeaways were, uh, you know, just start somewhere. You know, it, it is a, a lot to do. Um, we are, I, I won't say necessarily that we're behind, but we got a lot of uh, catching up to do. Mm. Uh, I want to make sure that we understand that we're just as good as any other state. Um, we can uh, be both creative and technical. We have a strong uh, music, art, food culture, um, but we can also thrive with tech and using tech tools to even make those things better. Um, and so uh, I wanted to make sure people knew that and they, they shouldn't be pigeonholed. They should leverage their support system and their team um, and work together most importantly. She's planting the seeds of technology for a brighter future for all Mississippians. Dr. Nashley Cephas, thanks for joining us. Thank you all so much. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by MWB Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.